broadcast of Saving America. We had our first presidential debate last um, Tuesday night, hour and a half. It was um, hosted by uh, Chris Wallace. And um, then, of course, our our current president and um, the, the person who's running for the Democratic ticket, Joe Biden. And um, Dr. Shine has, there's been so much going on. And as we were talking about it, we thought that might be interesting. You might be interested in hearing from Dr. Shine on the debate itself. So start us off, David, just give us a summary of what you saw Tuesday night. Well, the most common response I've gotten from other people is the term hot mess. And it was one of the most extraordinary waste of time for an hour and a half. I actually, I, I'm easily bored. I did sit there for an hour and a half and, and watched it and regretted that it happened. I heard uh, a number of people who watched the whole thing say the exact same thing, that it, it was a very uh, disappointing performance by both. Uh, the shame of it is, is that uh, it changed nobody's mind. I, I, I've heard that consistently. And I would say, to be very practical, Trump lost because he did not win. And the interesting thing is, and you're going to hear in my analysis in a few minutes, that Trump actually had the winning points, but because he lost track of what he was doing, he is the current president. He needed to do two things. He needed to pay attention to Joe Biden, who lost it at one point, and I'm sitting there watching it saying, Joe just lost it. But Trump was so into himself, he didn't say, Mr. Biden, do you need a couple minutes? It would have been perfect, and that's what a good debater does. So he threw away some good points. I think the best line of the night does go to, to Trump when he said, I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years in public life. So, so Trump uh, did get his uh, dig in there. But uh, in any event, those are my general comments to get things started today. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the structure of the debate. According to Chris Wallace, when he began the debate, you were going to have eight defined segments. In looking at the transcript, we can only find six defined segments because, again, the thing was such a mess. They did start on a strong point, and I think this was Trump's uh, strongest performance of the evening when he said, hey, look, the people elected me for four years. I've appointed a lot of federal judges. Look how qualified uh, Amy Bear is. And I uh, posted a, a, a comment myself in support of uh, Justice Barrett. And I've gotten uh, oh, about a thousand views of that in just a few days. And I've also uh, gotten a bunch of likes. And I can tell you that uh, you should see the Notre Dame Law School post on LinkedIn and the number of people who have come out of the woodwork, regardless of political view, to support this positive individual, talented, a, would be the first Supreme Court justice on record to have school-age children while she is serving on the bench. And it's nice to see somebody who's not an octogenarian 
appointed to the bench. She's 48 years old. So in any event, uh, Trump did a good job of defending his immediate appointment, and, and I expect that, that she will be approved. Um, the biggest complaint against her is that uh, is number one, and these were the complaints that Biden brought up, was that she might kill the dead duck known as Obamacare. And, and Biden's problem with that is Obamacare was dead on arrival. It was a horrible bill. It was horribly named. To call something that doubled the cost of personal insurance, the Affordable Care Act, was, it was a crime in itself. Uh, it's certainly not an accomplishment. And to say, oh my goodness, she's going to kill the rest of Obamacare, that ship's already sailed and, and he, he's just uh, fear-mongering and it's, it's unsupported. The other issue is to uh, this uh, age-old attack to say if someone's a Roman Catholic that, uh, that they cannot be objective on uh, the subject of uh, birth control and things like that. And the answer is, I haven't seen anywhere in the Constitution that said we have religious freedom unless you're, relig you're Roman Catholic. And of course, I teach at a Catholic university, the University of St. Thomas in Houston. And I think uh, my colleagues and I would find uh, a pronouncement like that to be completely unacceptable. So I'm not sure what religion would be acceptable if one religion is unacceptable. So I think the uh, people that are critics of uh, Justice Barrett uh, have got some explaining to do. And I don't think that uh, Biden did a very effective job of responding to that point. Uh, point number two was the uh, uh, Biden versus Trump on COVID. And Trump, um, you know, explained his point. Biden explained his point. I'm not going to rehash that. It's all old news. But here is where a top debater would have won the point and Trump didn't. On February 1st, Biden called Trump xenophobic for blocking travel from China. And Trump should have had that in front of him. And he should have just let Biden say what he said and said, well, Joe, apparently you didn't feel that way on February 1st when you called me xenophobic for banning traffic from China. That's all he needed to do. And then shut up. But that's how good debaters win debates and people who are just having a street fight, as someone called the debate, uh, end up turning it into a muddled mess that just about nobody watched it felt it was very satisfactory, but it was kind of interesting. So I think most people would consider that Biden won the point, and it's a very important point on, on COVID, uh, but it, it didn't have to be that way if Trump had been a better debater and been more in control of what he was doing. Uh, number three was the economic recovery, and the statistics are overwhelmingly in favor of Trump. Uh, the reality is, and Trump repeated this, and again, some of this got muddled over, the worst recovery from a recession since the Great Depression was the Obama recovery, alleged recovery, and the most sharp increase in the economy in the last history of anything in the United States, other than perhaps post-World War II, was the Trump recovery. And the Trump recovery was stimulated not by tax cuts, because the tax cuts were done in late 2017 into 2018, what stimulated it was the change in environment in Washington, 
the announcement that they were going to cut regulations is what got the stimulus started. The tax cuts supported it. One of the things that Biden, and again, Trump had the argument, did not carry off the argument, is that $100 billion of taxes that were being held overseas were brought back into the United States as a result of uh, Trump's Tax Reform Act. And Trump just needed to let Biden stop talking at some point and just say that and shut up. And he didn't carry that off. He did say it, but there was a lot of crosstalk and talk over. And I don't think the people watching the debate really understood the impact of the taxes. One thing, in fact, again, that I thought was entertaining is they brought up this bogus issue about what tax that Trump paid in 2016 and 2017. And Biden claimed that was because Trump had passed the, the Tax uh, Reduction Act. Biden's problem, and again, this is Trump's problem because Trump didn't, was not on top of his game to say, hey, you know what? In 2016 and 2017, I was under the Obama taxes. The, the law didn't take effect until 2008 I passed, and I paid more tax after that. So what do you think about that? And again, didn't get the point across, so it, it was really not a very effective response. Uh, but Biden does commit to increasing the corporate tax rate, and he did say this, from 21 to 28 percent. The reason that the corporate tax was lowered is because we had the highest corporate tax rate in the world, and it was causing these huge corporations to locate their headquarters overseas and to park earnings overseas. Again, Apple itself brought in a tremendous amount of cash money which we need back here in the United States once those uh, tax laws were, uh, were changed. So in any event, that uh, uh, was an important issue, but not, not well presented by Trump, and so it turned into kind of a draw. Uh, number four was the issue of race in America, and uh, Biden brought up the KKK. I don't think there's any sensible human being in the United States who supports the KKK. However, I can't tell the difference between Antifa and the KKK. And uh, Chris Wallace asked um, uh, Biden, you know, are you going to condemn a terrorist operation like Antifa? And Biden did not commit to do that, did not commit to condemn them. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. One of the things that Biden did, and I don't know that the listening public understands it, is that uh, one of the federal agencies, I, I'm, I'm not trying to recall which one, but uh, one of the federal agencies has a budget of like $700,000 to do CRT. CRT is called critical race training. Critical race training is a whack theory in life that we're all born racist, if, especially if we're born with white skin. And therefore, we need to be reprogrammed. And when I think about reprogramming, I think about uh, the current uh, uh, Chinese party taking the, uh, uh, the uh, Muslim uh, minority and parking them in re-education camps, the Soviet Union taking people who were dissidents and taking them to Siberia for re-education. This is not the way that we bring people together. It's not the way we educate people. And yes, I do know what I'm talking about because I've done employment discrimination training for managers for 40 years. 
And I can tell you that that is the right way to do things, is to bring people's practical and observational skills. Also, we are moving up through a generation uh, who are now entering management. They're now in their 40s who were brought up in a very diverse and multicultural society. And I'm not seeing the type of classic racism that people keep talking about because we're aging out of it. In other words, I see very few people who would be very, like, un, very unlikely to use racial, racial epithets that we're all so sensitized to because it's not part of their lexicon. They didn't grow up with it. They grew up in, in multicultural schools. They grew up in diverse environments. So um, in any event, uh, Trump just said it was just a ridiculous expenditure and it's wrong. And I think he said the right thing, but I don't know that the majority of the people watching understand that CRT is a bunch of crap and it shouldn't be, we shouldn't be using federal monies to do something that ridiculous. Uh, but that it is appropriate to do the type of training that I do, which is to work with managers to make sure they understand how to run a non-discriminatory workplace. And there's a lot of training that we do uh, sensitizing people to that. But uh, it, it is uh, uh, in that same discussion, they brought up, uh, Trump brought up that uh, Biden had committed to reimagining the police and that is code for changing the police department, defunding the police department and things like that. And this is where Trump got in one of his very strange zingers that kind of got lost in the process when he said, Biden, tell me any police organization in the United States who has endorsed you for president. And Biden kept blah, 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 blah. Trump should have just stopped talking and said, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, Joe, I'm waiting, Joe. And that was about the time that Joe Biden had his senior moment where you could see, and again, I'm watching, I'm watching Joe Biden's face, the camera was full on him. If you go back and watch the tape of the debate, you're gonna see a point where Biden phases out. He's not there. And Trump didn't realize it because he wasn't paying attention like a good debater. He was into his own deal. And that was the time when he should have said, Joe, do you need a moment? It would have, it would have ended the debate. It would have been all over. But that wasn't the way he carried himself. So that was a lost thing. Uh, item number five was climate change. And uh, somehow he works in, as they're talking about climate change, Trump brings up the medical failures at the VA. And we all know that the VA was a terrible mess and that we did have large numbers of veterans who were denied medical care. Uh, part of the problem is, is that for veterans, they have to, as, my, as I understand the previous system, when you're a vet, if you want free medical care, you have to go to a vet facility, or you have to have pre-permission to go to a civilian facility so that the vets, the, the VA will pay for it, Veterans Administration. So what happened was, is we can trace a series of deaths. There was a facility in Arizona that made the national news. It was a big explosion of interest in that, but it wasn't a situation, I think, where 
people really understood what was happening. There's been tremendous amount of reform in the Veterans Administration, but it was certainly not a very satisfactory situation. And that is direct government care. And one of my arguments against turning the whole medical system into government control is to say, look at the mess that the Veterans Administration is, and do you really want the rest of us to be in that particular situation when they can't manage a percentage of the population? Do you really want to give them 100% of the population? So it's kind of interesting. I still don't know how they got into that on, on uh, climate change, but uh, the two parties exchanged jabs over it, uh, uh, Trump and Biden, but I, don't, I didn't really hear much uh, other than the fact that the Biden backed off of supporting the Green New Deal and, it, and Trump tried to make something of that, but he didn't do a very effective job again because it was so much crosstalk. But the reality is, is that the Green New Deal is a farce. It would shut the United States economy down. There's no realistic time frame that's inside 2050. And I am a very strong proponent of technological advancement of increasing the number of electric cars over time, of developing safe electricity alternatives and, and things like that. So it's not a question of whether you support making ecological progress. The question is, how do you do it? The reality is you would not have a plane in the sky under the Green New Deal. It won't work. You can't do it. They run on they run on petrol, and there's no realistic proposal to create electric airplanes yet. Might be in in a hundred years or fifty years. But the so the reality is is that we are in not only energy independent, but the United States is a net exporter of energy for the first time in many years. And Trump again had the points, did not make the points very strong because of the bickering back and forth. But the, the important thing that I think could be used against Biden is, hey, you said in the debate that you're not behind the Green New Deal. You've got your own ideas. Well, let's hear that because that's not what we've been hearing. So I think that's going to be a, a pretty interesting. Again, that was point number five. Now, again, there were supposed to be eight points. We counted six. And so the last one is election integrity. This is just a... a, a crazy deal. Uh, I didn't see, I read the transcript carefully afterwards. Again, I not only watched the debate live, took notes, but also read the transcript is um, I didn't really see any response from Biden to the fact that there really are some serious issues. Now, Trump did bring up a recent incident, which is, is that the FBI is investigating some military ballots that were sent in early that were thrown in the trash. Uh, Trump said they all were votes for him. Uh, my, uh, the, the information I heard is that seven of the nine ballots that were thrown away were voted for Trump. So I, I didn't hear they're all for Trump, but seven out of nine is a pretty compelling number when you consider how close the election is. So uh, again, Trump did say that, but by this point, I think 90% of the audience had tuned out. And again, we got to the end. Well, that is a great summation of each <laughs> one of those points. And like you, um, I think of the eight, those other two just come, somehow got mixed in with the six that we, we, haven't, we have recorded here. So thank you, David. That was a great um, overview 
of what was discussed and talked about. And we probably got as much out of what you just said as we did of listening for 90 minutes because I did listen for the entire time. And on, there was many times I'm just like, oh my God. even Chris Wallace was like, okay. Um, do you want to make any last, last comments about it? Well, I think there were a couple key points. Uh, one of the things that uh, Biden said that I think is very interesting, he said early in the debate, he said, I am the Democratic Party. And the reason that's important is because the Democratic Party is a very left-leaning operation today, controlled by a very strange uh, uh, compilation of people. And Biden, generally speaking, I think is viewed by the public as someone who is not in that camp. He, they, I think one of the reasons he's got any support at all, and, and again, he's showing strong support in the polls, is because he's viewed as a moderate, not as a whack leftist. So when he says, I am the Democratic Party, I'm sitting there watching that saying, you know, I wonder if these uh, whack leftists that are running the Democratic Party know that you think you are the Democratic Party and not them. And the sad fact is, is that uh, he's being put up basically as a puppet. And, and the left plans to run the show, uh, not, not Joe Biden. So, and again, you know, the president can only do so much. He needs the cooperation of the Congress, the Senate, and of course, uh, media support. Uh, I think it was very telling that he didn't contemn uh, Antifa, uh, that he couldn't name a police association that supports him. And I think that uh, he did not respond to Trump's specific question regarding packing the Supreme Court. One of the biggest threats to our Constitution and our way of life, and this is fascinating because, uh, as you know, uh, when I'm asked about my book, uh, The Decline of America, 100 Years of Leadership Failures, is even though Richard Nixon is the only president who got a failure in my book, if you ask me who did the most damage to America, the American spirit, and the American government, and set us on the path that we are now of a failed government system. The whole system has failed. And I would say it was FDR. And FDR is the last president to attempt to pack the Supreme Court. So I find it interesting because we have now circled back to the left, to a communist coup of the United States and to some very serious uh, issues. But I thought it was interesting that Biden would not respond to that question. Now, again, there was so much chatter back and forth. And again, I hold Trump responsible and Chris Wallace responsible because Trump's president, he's a very experienced debater. He did a very good job against Hillary Clinton. Chris Wallace, very experienced uh, moderator. I want to close by just talking briefly about Chris Wallace. Uh, Chris Wallace, I think, is uh, the cliche, wants to have his cake and eat it too. He is the um, flagship person right now for Fox News, Fox News associated with a more centrist or a right-leaning um, uh, coverage in contrast to most of the other uh, large media outlets. And I think Chris Wallace is concerned that we are about to move into another uh, cycle similar to the first uh, term of, of Barack Obama, where he had both houses of Congress. 
And so I think Chris Wallace is trying to position himself so that he is not viewed as a conservative or as a right wing, but is viewed as more centrist. And one of the, the pieces I've heard several people say is that he had a tendency as the so-called moderator of this mess to interrupt Trump, but not interrupt Biden. And I think, again, in the back of his mind, uh, that, that he's trying to show himself a little bit different colors. And maybe he's worried that if there is a change in command, that this will give him an opportunity to have those uh, private White House interviews like Bob Woodard did uh, to create the book Rage that we talked about recently. So I, I give uh, uh, two big thumbs down to Chris Wallace as the moderator, but uh, that's, uh, that's my last comment on this uh, debate mess. is the book he referred to. This is his latest book, The Decline of America, 100 Years of Leadership Failures. So that gives you a little hint as to the book. But Dr. Shine takes every president from Woodrow Wilson to Barack Obama and analyzes their um, time in office based on the very same um, criteria for each one. Um, what are some other topics that you use to actually take a look at them, Dr. Shah? We, we evaluated the presidents on basically three standards. One was the success of the company, their key management decisions. Two was their personal ethics. And three was the ethics that they incorporated in their rulings and, and, and decisions made in favor of America. And so we had people like uh, Bill Clinton, who has zero personal ethics, uh, but had a fairly successful time in office because uh, the economy itself did well. And then you have uh, people like Richard Nixon, who actually accomplished several good things, but ultimately uh, got our one F grade. So, but those are the three standards that I use for each of the 17 presidents in the book. So get this, this book, and you have one month to read it and do some research before we have elect our next president. And if you wanna know how any of these presidents from Woodrow Wilson to Barack Obama, how they handled crisis, Woodrow Wilson had the last pandemic in the 1917-18 uh, time period. So if you wanna see how he handled that and compare it with how we are now handling the pandemic that we have called COVID, then that's a great thing to do. You can look at both, both of them and see. So get this book, research it, study it, as we're making uh, plans for the next election on November 3rd. So we would invite you, if you have questions about the debate or questions about anything that Dr. Shine has talked about today, that you would post them in um, the comments, either on YouTube below the video or anywhere you see the video, we would welcome your comments. Or you can send an email and what email address Dr. Shine should they contact? Uh, the, the probably the easiest way to do that is contact me through uh, LinkedIn is I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn and I do respond to comments there. Also, if they go to our consulting website, claremontmanagementgroup.com, is uh, that there is a contact there and you can contact me through that address. So I'm very easy to get to. Thank you for joining us. Um, again, leave, leave your comments below for Dr. Shine and we look forward to um, hearing from all of you. Thank you.